The America's National Parks podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean, your source for warm, cozy styles this fall. For 108 years, L.L. Bean has staked their reputation on making comfortable clothing and gear to help you enjoy the healthy benefits of being outside. From legendary Maine-made boots to layers that are just the right weight and flannel shirts that out-cozy all others, find joy in the tried and true. Visit LLBean.com to find a store or shop now. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. As long as Americans have been visiting national parks, there have been proprietors of stores to sell them goods and services to make their journey a successful and more enjoyable experience. At our oldest national park, one store has been doing just that for almost 125 years. I'm Jason Epperson, and on this episode of America's National Parks, Hamilton's store and the Million Dollar Room in the Upper Geyser Basin at Yellowstone National Park. It's 6.45 a.m. on a cool September morning, and I'm driving into Yellowstone from the west entrance. For the old faithful geyser prediction, press 1. For all geyser predictions, press 2. Thank you for calling. There's absolutely nothing like this time of day in the park. As the sun comes up, it skates across the treetops, the mountain peaks, the bison's backs, and through the steam that seeps out of every pore of the park in the cold air. It's like driving through golden clouds over the top of one of the most famous landscapes on Earth. Well, it's not like that. It is that. After a few stops to photograph some bison, I arrive at Upper Geyser Basin, home to Old Faithful. I have an appointment, but I'm early, so I do what many don't. I walk around. Past the rows of benches for viewing the world's most famous geyser, onto the boardwalks through some of the other pretty spectacular, if less regular ones. I'm now standing entirely in the fog of a geyser. I cannot see more than a couple feet in front of me, and it's steamed up my sunglasses, so I've had to take them off. It's that sulfury smell, which isn't too strong. But it's a little pungent, and it's probably the most moisture I've had on me in months. I've been through so many dry climates lately. It's just a strange, strange thing to walk through all this thermal activity in this park because you, you understand that the earth is doing this itself from inside. It's magma that is as close to the surface as, as possible without erupting. Superheating water in order to turn it to steam or to flash or to flash boil it so that it erupts as a geyser. At about nine o'clock, I head into Hamilton's store, which is right next to the Old Faithful Inn. It's just open for the day. And I'm meeting a clerk named Charles who's going to take me behind the scenes. Good morning. Jason, how are we doing? Good to meet you. Yes. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely. Charles is a happy fellow who clearly loves to work at Yellowstone, as evidenced by the several tourists who have come to see him within the first five minutes of my visit. 
So Charles is getting me some coffee, which is exciting to me because that's what I was really here for. Go ahead and uh, fix oh, yourself thank up. thank you so much. I've got customers that take come back every year to see me. Sure, so go for it. Take, take your time. I've got all time in the world. If we sound a little muffled, it's because we're wearing masks. Perhaps Charles is such a fixture in the store because he shares a first name with its founder, Charles Hamilton. Charles Ashworth Hamilton was born in Winnipeg on November 19, 1884. After attending high school in St. Paul, Minnesota, he enrolled in a business school. The training helped him obtain a summer job as an assistant to the purchasing agent for the Yellowstone Park Association at Mammoth Hot Springs. Hamilton spent the following summers as secretary to Harry W. Child, president of the Yellowstone Park Company, which operated the hotels in the park. Then he became assistant to the superintendent of hotels and friends with Huntley Child, son of Harry Child, who had been offered to buy the five-year-old Claimers General Store at Old Faithful. Huntley declined, but informed Hamilton of the opportunity. He bought it, backed by Child. Hamilton substantially altered the place with rustic log and twig decoration and a big expansion. It eventually became known as Hamilton's Lower Store, and it still looks much the same as it did back then. There are rocking chairs on the porch and a marble lunch counter inside with the original stools. In 1916, Hamilton partnered with the Childs on a 50-50 share of the automotive service concession in the park and opened filling stations at Old Faithful and West Thumb. He offered cooked meals in the stores and eventually operated five of them in the park, just as the automobile was arriving in homes across America. We're here to see the store, sure, but we really want to see something not everyone gets to. Charles takes me through the kitchen and stockroom, up some stairs to a small room, just the type you'd expect to be the office for a small general store. But this one is different. It's wallpapered in nearly identical yellow canceled checks. This was Charles Hamilton's office, and it's known as the Million Dollar Room. Ah, this is the Million Dollar Room. Okay. When asked why Charles Hamilton put all of his canceled checks, every check he wrote comes back, the bank gives it back to you. Back right. then. You remember those days. Yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. So these are all his canceled checks. <clears throat> When asked why he did this, the answer was he wanted everybody to know how successful he was. The checks in this room range from 1915 to 1940. Wow. Yeah. That's some, that's, I, I don't know what to call that. <laughs> <laughs> Eccentric. <laughs> so, you see these two checks right here? Yeah. Okay, they're in the dead center of the room in the back wall. And you've got one for $5,000 and one for $512. They're made out to Mrs. Mary Klamer. Uh, they were the ones who built and originally had the business. And this is who Charles Hamilton purchased it from. Okay. The $5,000 represents the deposit on the $20,000 purchase. That's $5,000 in 1915. Which so. equals to roughly approximately eighty-seven grand. Okay. So, and it's about $530,000 as purchase price, if you were to equalize it today, $20,000. The $5,000, I will tell you, was 100% borrowed. He only had about $300 in his account. Oh, wow. Yeah. The $512 represents 100% of the inventory value in the room, in the whole building. 
to put that in perspective, I sold a painting off the wall a couple weeks ago, eight hundred dollars. <laughs> so, so yeah. What I love is that every check is is first of all the bank is the mm -hmm. National Park Bank. That's correct. Um, and, and Livingston, Montana, yep. and there's a picture of Old Faithful in the corner of every single check. Exactly. If we look out the window, is right out there. Right. So let me show you this. If you stand back at the back of the room, you'll see that the logo of Old Faithful was once larger. Oh yeah, it changes in it size. It changes in size, and you notice he put those up top. Uh huh. It makes the room look bigger. It does, does it not? <laughs> look at that. So there's another check in here that is really special to us in the store, and it's this one right above the 1915 checks. It's a check from 1937 made out $3,400. However, it's made out in Swiss francs for 15 grand in 1937. So for the longest time, we had no idea what this check could have purchased. And you ask maybe, why would you wanna know? Well, there's checks in here from Coca-Cola from the 20s and 30s. There's checks in here from Seagram's, um, Kodak Eastman, R.J. Reynolds Tobacco, you know. Uh, so we know what those checks purchase, but we did not know what the what we call the Swiss check purchased. Then in uh, 2014, a woman was doing a, a tour just like I'm giving you, and she says, "Yes, we find this to be our, one of our most interesting checks that we did not know what it could have purchased." A man in the back says, "I can tell you what that check purchased." Hello, everyone. I'm Charles Hamilton's grandson. Whoa! He says, my grandfather used to purchase Swiss clocks and Swiss watches and sell them in all 12 general stores. Wow. And now we know what the Swiss check purchased wow. in 1937. And, and for $3,400. In 1937, yes. <laughs> yes. In the Great Depression. <laughs> you got it. Exactly, my friend. Pre-World War II. Wow. So... Um, yeah, and when he purchased this in 1915, it was World War One was going on in Europe. Mm -hmm. So, um, in 1957, Charles Hamilton passed away right here at his desk at work. Wow. Yeah. In this room. In now, this room. This room. Just to give a description, I say we're probably what, um, ten by twelve, maybe. Probably twelve, fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's a very, it's a small, it's an office size room. It is, yeah. Uh, for for us modern folks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe this would have been a bedroom. For, yes, for exactly. Back then, but yes. But he passed away right here, amidst his checks. Yeah. <laughs> near near the lower geyser basin. So if you, yeah, if you were to add up all of the checks in here, it adds up to one million eight hundred fifty nine thousand one hundred five dollars and sixty cents. Wow. They call it the million dollar room, but we like to say it's the two million dollar <laughs> <laughs> Almost two million dollars. In 1953, Hamilton gained control of most park concessions with the purchase of stores at Mammoth Hot Springs and Canyon. He also operated bathhouses at Old Faithful from 1933, when he bought the geyser-fed pool from the Henry Brothers, until 1951, when they were demolished as inappropriate for a national park. Charles Hamilton died in 1957, but his family continued to run the business through 2002. But as a result of a change in National Park Service policy, which eliminated preferences for established businesses and parks, Hamilton's stores lost the concessions contract in Yellowstone to Delaware North in 2002 and ceased operations. Wow. So after Charles Hamilton passed away, the family turned this room into a break room for the employees. It fell into very much disarray. Uh, smoke on the walls. As you can see, all the checks 
are very um, tanned by smoke, yeah. so to speak. Some worse than others. And in 2012, Delaware North Corporation, who is the current um, concessionaire, along with the National Park Foundation, put up a grant to get this room clean, scrubbed, and sealed. And they did that. There is something very interesting, and I want to point your attention to that crack on the wall. Uh -huh. This crack is um, all right along, all of the checks are cracked from the top to the bottom, and you can almost see inside the wall, about an uh, eighth of an inch. But what they've noticed on these checks is up and down this wall in this crack, there are six and seven layers of checks on this crack. Oh, so this... He's... So what happened is either an earthquake would happen once in a while, and he'd repaste checks over it after his wall would rip. So this cr this crack was a, was a, a an problem ongoing, for him. <laughs> an ongoing <laughs> problem, absolutely, yes. Yeah, absolutely. It almost looks like a drywall seam that is cracked. Obviously, they didn't have drywall. They did not. Right? They did not. Um, but I... they had... <laughs> they had checks for wallpaper. <laughs> wow. So, so maybe we are at $2 million. Yeah, exactly. You're correct. I never thought about that. I want to show you this photo of Charles Hamilton at his desk at approximately 1935. The lamp sconces and the million-dollar room lamp are identical. They are the same ones. Oh, wow. He really had it... This was this was I, I, how he had his room exactly. So how there's, you see it today. there's a uh, there there are sconces around us that are barrel shaped, and then there is a lantern hanging from the ceiling that is shaped like a barrel as well that has million dollar room written on it. And I would have assumed that that was something done in like the fifties or sixties. But he's a handsome guy with yeah, he was. <laughs> with, uh, with 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 a big collar, wearing a suit jacket. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. And there's another picture on the back of this, and it shows you that um, this cabinet right here was there at that time, and there's a bearskin rug in front of his desk. <laughs> Something you don't see today. You don't see that often oh, in Yellowstone no. anymore. No, that's, <laughs> if you do, somebody's in big trouble. So there's something in here. Well, being uh, working in here and uh, being able to come in here anytime, you get a chance to look at the checks. I personally had found two checks in here that I think are um, very interesting considering the fact he put all these checks on the wall to let everybody know how successful he was. So if you come over here, there's a check here and a check here and there's initials on them. Can you tell me what that means? Oh, NSF means a... Uh... Okay, I don't know. Non-sufficient funds. I, I didn't. I didn't know what the initials okay. meant, but I know what it means. Yes. NSF. There's one check. I had a couple of those. Yeah. There's one check for five thousand plus, and another one for thirty-five hundred plus. Back in 1937, he bounced a couple checks, which I find it interesting that he still put them on the wall, letting. And, yeah. Even though he wanted everybody to know how successful. Uh huh. Uh, the largest check in the room is right here at fourteen thousand. $14 also, 1937. 1937 is probably when he wrote most of his checks, huh? Apparently. Uh, here is uh, Seagram's Distillery, 1937. And there's a Kodak Eastman up there, and uh, there's an Anheuser-Busch over here. Have you uh, heard of Will Coxon Ice Cream? No. Okay, Will Coxon Ice Cream is uh, started in 1912 by the Will Coxon family, and it is still going today with the family. It is not uh, sold out or anything like that. Um, Charles Hamilton was selling ice cream here in the 1915 when he bought the store. He sold Will Cox an ice cream. When Delaware North took over in 2003 from the Hamilton family, we continue to sell Will Cox an ice cream. We've been selling, this building has been selling the same brand ice cream, family owned, wow. for over 100 years.
Delaware North still runs Hamilton's lower store, much as it was operated for the century prior. As I leave the store, it's time for an old faithful eruption. I give it a watch from the boardwalks of the Upper Geyser Basin, far from the crowds that have gathered in the park's semicircle amphitheater. I suggest you do too. It's a better view. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. And for more great American destinations, give us a listen on the See America podcast. If you're interested in RV travel, you can find us at the RV Miles podcast. And you can follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys all over social media as our wandering family. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters This land was made for you and me Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag BeAnOutsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks. <laughs>